Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Irish Times Inside Business Podcast, in association with Euronext Dublin, the new home of the Irish Stock Exchange. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. This week it's the business of sports and I'm joined by co-host Michael O'Keefe of Teneo. In this episode we interview Tom Ryan, Director General of the GEA and one of the highest ranking sports officials in the country. Hailing from Carlo, Tom was appointed as DG in March 2018. He'd previously served as the GA's Finance Director for 11 years, having joined in 2007 from retailer Brown Thomas. In a wide-ranging interview, you'll hear Tom talk about how the GA spends its revenues each year, the latest news on plans to redevelop Casement Park in Belfast, and a controversy around the major overspend on upgrading Parky Cleave in Cork. He also addresses the financial muscle of Dublin GA and the thorny issue of pay-for-play for inter-county stars. And he tells us who he thinks will win this year's All-Ireland Senior Football and Hurling Championships. But we started with the GAA's annual report, which was published earlier this month and showed a 16% rise in income to €74 million. I asked Tom to give me a breakdown of where the money comes from and how it's spent. We earn our revenues probably from three or four main Mm. sources. and, And the backbone of the whole thing, unsurprisingly enough, is matches and running games. So, um... About half of our revenue in any given year is going to come from gate receipts. So as you say, last year the total revenue was 73, 74 million. We had 36 million in gate receipts last year. Right. Um, the other key sources of income, we earned, Karen, about 20 million from the, the commercial programme. That would be comprised of uh, media rights and sponsorships of various kinds. We uh, we had an income of uh, 11 million from Croke Park Stadium, dividend back from the stadium, and we had state funding of about 6 million. So that, that's, and in any given year, it's those four key elements that comprise the revenues. Sure. Then, So how much profit, if you like, or how much of a surplus does the GA generate every year from all of that? It's negligible, to be honest. I mean, and, and that's maybe something that we might have to start thinking about going forward because as a business model, that poses its own risks, but... The momentum every year is to try and recycle as much as we can out of the income in a given year. So this year, I think we we ended up at 83, 84% of what came in was recycled back through the organisation in terms of counties and in terms of clubs. Uh, But the difficulty with that is you're not actually, you're not not building up any kind of uh, significant reserve that will stand you in good stead if you do fall into rockier times. And we, we found that particularly when we went through the difficulties that every enterprise in the country went through uh, five, six, seven years ago, it, it was challenging enough for us. And I suppose we, we need to think a little bit going forward about, like, we're very proud of this thing. We're very proud of that 82, 83% thing. So much but, actually, but, but as a business model, it's 
It's precarious enough. How much actually goes back to the clubs? Club part, uh, the most significant part would be um, uh, we have a, a, a player injury scheme. So we fund um, players all around the country who incur medical bills for, for, for injuries. That's about um, eight or nine million out there. We have grants that go for physical development in clubs, which is about uh, three million euros. We have a, we have a, a loan, a deposit and, and, and loan scheme that we operate for clubs. We have about, about 30 million or so on deposit and lent out in turn to clubs. It's threaded right the way through in different categories. Mm. Uh, the coaching and, uh, coaching and games investment is about 12, 13 million. The predominance of that is for club coaching on the ground. So it's threaded right the way through the thing, Kieran. Right, okay. And obviously there was an All-Ireland final uh, replay yeah. last year. So yeah, that, that makes a difference. That helped make... Yeah, well, what's that worth to the GA? Yeah, in, in, in net terms, it's worth about uh, 4 million. Just from the replay alone? Yeah. And of course the prices went up, didn't they, for tickets? Uh, they did, yeah. yeah. Now, the, the funny thing about, about our setup when it comes to matches, you see, really, we would, we would oversee about 300, 350 games in a year, but it's very much skewed towards the end of the year. So we'll, we'll have maybe 30 or 40 games that actually return a surplus on them so we're very very dependent upon the tail end of the season so when we do get a replay we never plan for it and you never budget it for a course but it, it does make a significant difference yeah. Um, Tom just a, the, the eternal question on, on mm. in terms of, of balancing that amateur ethos and volunteerism yeah. and with yeah. the you know the need and, and requirement to have a kind of a commercial money making machine behind the GA is that something that's the eternal tightrope in, yeah. in your role it kind of is yeah it kind of is uh, the the finance should never be and it isn't I don't think front and centre of things that's not the reason that we're there at all and I'm speaking as the person who was trying to run the finances for, for, for quite a while the finance is that's just an enabler to allow you to pursue the things that you're supposed to do um, so nothing ever really is pursued certainly within the central council setup of things is pursued for the purpose of, of gen- actually far from it to be honest you, you'd look at some things sometimes and you, and you know uh, the, the, most of what we do actually make has no financial return at all mm-hmm. zero and if you were to apply cold financial analytics to it you wouldn't do any of that stuff um, so really the imperative is to try and generate a fair and reasonable return from the few assets that you have which are which are matches essentially uh, and to use those funds then in, in likewise in a fair way to make sure that you're funding the programs, the counties, the units, and so on that you need. But it is a there's a bit of a balancing act there all the time, and uh, sometimes it's it's down to our own means of communicating things, perhaps. But I also think sometimes it's like it's a little bit it's a bit of a trope that gets thrown out a bit like that. It's all about the money. It's uh, far from it. And, and, and as the person who would have for whatever it was nine or ten years been in at every board meeting presenting. What we're going to do, and here's the rationale for why we're. The rationale is never financial. Like um, I mentioned to you, Kieran, the things that we spend our money on coaching, you don't you get nothing out of that. Uh, we build county grounds around the country. Like there's no surer way to lose, lose money. The county grounds do not make any I money. I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> we'll come on to that in a few minutes. <laughs> but, because uh, you know they don't. It's not a, it's yeah. not a money making venue. You're, you're providing facilities. You're providing playing facilities. You're provi- providing playing opportunities for for the most part, the predominance of the people that are playing are children. Um, so, sure. yeah, you're, you're right. It, 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 there's a constant little tension in there. You also have, you have a duty to earn the best return that you can for things. Um, it'd be a dereliction of duty if you didn't, if you undersold whatever it was, sponsorships or whatever. Yeah. You, you have to make sure 
that you generate a reasonable yeah. return and you deploy it properly. So, Tom, are there too many countergrounds? Because I think everybody mm. would agree, Croke Park's a yeah. magnificent stadium, you know, one of the biggest in Europe and so forth. And it's a national stadium and it's been used for the sports now uh, at this stage. But every county around the country wants to have its own stadium and it wants to have its own stand and it wants to be able to accommodate thousands of people. And we saw the hoo-ha with Kildare and Mayo uh, a couple of seasons ago because uh, Newbridge was deemed not worthy initially and then the game was uh, held there and so forth. The government has uh, set aside some money and grants for capital improvements yeah, uh, actually yeah, there yeah, in yeah, Waterford and I, th- I think in Navin as well. But then, of course, we had Cork, uh, yeah. Parky Cueve, and the bill for that has gone to something like €96 million. Euros. It, it is, is yeah, massively yeah, yeah. overshot. Mm. Is there value for money in that? And are there simply too many grounds with too big a capacity? Well, in terms of too many grounds, look, at that, that's an example of something that if you were to apply purely a financial analysis to the thing, yeah, there are. Um, but that's not the relevant analysis in our case, it's not. Um, there are all manner of sporting and cultural considerations that have to come into play when you're making that decision. I think like a, a, reasonable, a reasonable position to arrive at would be if we had a comfortable and a safe and well-appointed ground in every county that is capable of holding national league home national league games uh county finals uh and the small few games in the in, in the region that would be played on a, on a neutral basis so for most counties what that amounts to i would think uh Ciarán is you know 15,000 10 15,000 capacity on top of that then there is going to be a requirement for smaller number of games that are, are and grounds that are sized differently that will hold your Ulster finals and your Munster finals and uh, will hold n- neutral games um, and ideally you know the country needs five six of those uh, at various strategic points around the country our, our little problem is that there are areas of particularly if you look at North Leinster um, there are areas there that are not catered for properly in terms. Of, so there's like a Loud would be an example. Yeah, if you if you if you if you consider you know from Loud across to even going outside the the, the bounds of, of of Leinster, if you go or, or as far as, as Roscommon, say there, I know Roscommon would have ambitions to do things in their in their ground as well. But in fairness to all of those between and Westmeath, similarly Westmeath, Loud, um, Longford, Roscommon, Mead. There's a little bit of a deficit there. There are improvements required to all of those grounds, but I don't think any of them are going to be out of proportion to what's needed. In fairness, I think people have come around to that realisation. But the difficulty is, like even you know, eight, nine years ago, a million euros would do a lot. And I remember we did we did a nice redevelopment in Ockram there in, 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 in the county ground in Wicklow. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was the order of you know, one and a half, two million um, there was a, a nice job done in 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 Ennis in Cusick Park, but similar. But now it's all, you know, six, Five, seven, ten eight, ten. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, and that poses that poses a problem for us in terms of long term uh, and our own resources and, and how how we think about arming ourselves to do those. And who know. should manage the projects? Mm. I, I guess should it be mm. left to local uh, officials or should it be the GA at national level? I mean, Cork is an example. Yeah, I, I think the onus is on us at national level to take take more control over those things. And actually, you, that we we did see that when it came to the application process for when we've started that already. The application process for the few grounds that you mentioned. I mean, we did try to 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 coordinate and manage that process in conjunction with the counties, and we 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 rooted the plans through ourselves. And so, so I think I think you will see a little bit more of 
control from the centre and things like that. Now, that's not an easy thing to achieve either in the GA in terms of like the whole thing, the way it's set up and the DNA is independence locally and it is independent decision making. But again, I think there's probably a bit of a realisation on people's parts that it's to all our um, best interests to, to, to change that mix a small little bit. Sure. And the 96 million for Cork value for money? Mm. Well, the first thing that I'd say is, look, I don't know if you have you been there. Kira? No, I yeah, it's 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 a fabulous facility. So if you, if you're talking about value for money in terms of what was delivered, and you look at some of the costs of other uh, stadium projects, both in Ireland and overseas, I would say yes in terms of what we spent. Uh, it's a different question if you look at you know the resources that we had at our disposal to spend it. That's a slightly different thing. But in terms of what we got for 96 million, yeah, I would think it is. Uh, and also, if you bear in mind the last stadium, <coughs> it was redeveloped. I don't know, Mick. Can you remember? Was it was it, it was the seventies sometime that Parker Creek was done previously? Yeah, so, that, 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 so there's a yeah. life there's a lifespan in that of fifty years. Um, and so yeah, that's going to be an asset for us for a long, long time to come. So I, I, I think so, Kieran. Yeah. Just um, Tom, with respect to um, Crow Park Stadium, mm. um, and you know the report talks about um, exceptionally strong performance. Um, how? Is that calculated? Is that from conference, conferencing, yeah. concerts, so on? I think it's yeah, just over ten million. There's conferences, there's concerts, and also a, a little nuance that maybe people mightn't understand, and I certainly didn't before I was in the place. That Croke Park operates as a Croke Park actually hires the venue out, if you like, to, yeah. to to the association for the staging of games. So Croke Park will have a, will have an income from the Leinster Council, for example, and will have an income from Central Council, um, and that that that's. I suppose that's the core business of, of the stadium and it, it, it does that and it's set up like that so that you can actually divorce, if you like, the event running aspect of things from the all the stuff to do with the, the, yeah, games, games and the rules yeah. and all that all that, <clears throat> all that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's been operating really, really well now for the last few years, Mick, and I don't know, did you pick up on it there now, but the amount that came back this year as a, as a dividend from, from the stadium back into the association was it was... It's around about eleven million, which is yeah, it's, it's the highest that it's been. It, it it was of that order, or maybe a bit higher. Do you remember? Uh, was it ten? Yeah, but ten, twelve years ago, when the rugby and soccer games were yes. played in Croke Park. Yeah. At, at that point, and so 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 to to extend that example, it was Croke Park Stadium that was hiring its facilities to the IRFU at the time. And, is there, is there and at one, that yeah. point, that, that that was the the scale of dividend that was coming, in. and we're we're back at that now, Mick, which is. Which is great. And can I ask, so next year mm. you've, you've kind of flagged, it's a busy calendar, the, the season's got tighter yeah. um, and the inability without, as an outdoor concert venue to host concerts next year, is that going to have an impact on the bottom line, do you think? Um, we're not yeah. being able to hold three or four concerts during the summertime. It definitely will, yeah, no question. Um, what would you get for a concert? A concert could be worth up to three quarters of a million or yeah, so it's significant. It's, it's really, really, and it, it does make a big difference. Um, but it, we're a summer outfit. We play games in the summer, which is the peak time for 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 travelling acts that are going to fill an eighty thousand seater stadium. And there's not that many of those either, which yeah, is the problem too. Go to Parky Cueve and play a game. Well, actually, no, I, I, there, there's, there, there are concerts in Parky Cueve over the summer. Yeah, Parky Cueve are are, are are doing their business. Um, Crow Park. No, I don't think so. Make at this stage, I don't. And we just wanted to flag that. Now, yeah. um, because you know, in a year's time, who knows? I might be back here t- explaining to you why things are down uh, okay, a little okay. bit on the previous year. Well, so. we'd be happy to have you back, Tom. Just, just on Crow Park, mm. actually. Uh, what about naming rights? Mm. Because they're a very valuable source of income mm. now for many associations uh, right across the world in, in many different sports. And Croker is a great stadium. 
lots of people go through its gates every year. It must be a valuable, uh, a, a, you know, potentially mm. very valuable for the GA. I can't, I can't see it. I, I, I hope I don't have to eat my words or something. I can't see it, Kieran. I think it's just too iconic a name. Um, I think the resonance around it is. Have you priced so it? Rich. Have you gone to? <clears throat> have you hired consultants um, to no, price it for you? No. At any stage? No. No. Never. No, certainly not in my time. No. <laughs> I, do you I think I it'd be worth. It's funny. Actually, I have no idea. I, I, I wouldn't even speculate. But it's funny. You, you've seen it in a number of county grounds around the country, and. Um, it used to be, I don't know whether it was ever actually a rule or whether it was just practice, but we used to say, you know, we wouldn't change the name of a, a, a ground that had been named after an, an eminent person. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe we'll get on to chatting about it in a few minutes, but it's it's a, it's a, a it's a necessary feature of the, the, the times that counties find themselves in. Um, that, and it's good that they have been able to turn to generating revenue out of that. Nationally, I... I, I Genuinely, I don't see it, Karen. It's not something that we're contemplating. It's not something I wouldn't really like to see it myself. And it comes back to what we were talking about in terms of the balance of yeah. the commercial. And I, that's that's one step too yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think that there always are certain things that 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 um, are fair game, and certain things that are that are are just out of bounds. And I think that's I think that's out of bounds. Yeah, I and mean, you, you've seen a lot of these. You made a very good point there. The the local county grounds. You know, normally naming rights would be with a new build or a rebuild like you had with the point turning into the O2 as it was at the time or Lansdowne going to the Aviva but the county grounds are just they're they're doing a double badge on it so yeah. you've UPMC Nolan Park or you know McHale's you know, or, yeah, they McHale, haven't lost their identity completely no yeah. they've, they've kept because they're usually named after a, a very well known yeah. local hero what do you think do you, do you think it would ever well you're the one in the chair Tom but I would say no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no and look I, 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 I think um, it probably would be a step too far for people and look you can never say never in these things but like if you valued it you know you could be looking at four or five million a year for something like that but then what do you call it something Crow Park that dilutes maybe potentially as well the value because you're not going for just one name Yeah, I wouldn't like it myself I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like it I think that would be shared yeah. by a lot of GA members Look, on Stadia as well just mm. two two quick questions one is on casement mm. and um, the pictures you see of the grass growing on the pitch and whatever so Belfast's been the second biggest city on the island um, is that a bit of a, a a kind of a thorn in your side in terms of is, just trying yeah. to get a big yeah. stadium built in, in that, in that yeah. city yeah. it is yeah or not as big a stadium as, yeah. as was envisaged originally actually it's changed a bit uh, that project dates back 10 years or more and the idea at the time, um, you, you might recall, there was a, a stadium mooted for for the site of the maze, That's right, yeah. and it was going to be a, a, a in some people's minds anyway, it was going to be a multi-sport. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That didn't proceed for all manner of complicated reasons, and um, um, the, the the administration then decided that they were going to resource each of the three major sports, more or less equivalently, to provide for their needs, and in some cases that meant. Uh, a number of grounds around the country, around the, around the country. At some places, it meant um, Windsor Park. Um, in our case, it was it was casement. Um, but ever since its genesis, that has proved problematic from a from a planning point of view. Um, it was subject to all manner of challenges, which I don't I don't even know the ins and outs of it. Um, it's 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 currently, I think, at reaching the conclusion of the. One of the most recent planning iteration, and we're optimistic we will get a verdict uh, at some point this year. Um, the 
the, 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 the stadium is actually it's a little bit smaller than was originally originally planned and intended. Um, which mightn't be the worst thing either. Mightn't be the worst thing. Uh, but then thereafter, we'll be into discussions again about funding and about because all the costs. Well, in that thirty-four, thirty-four thousand. Yeah, but all those costs are out of yeah. date now. Yeah, yeah. So there's too many Antrim games now that would require a crowd of thirty-four thousand no, in hurling or football. Plenty of Ulster finals, though. Plenty mm. of Ulster finals, and and I think like the dilemma that we would have is, I mean, Jesus Clonus is a beautiful place to go to a match. It's a unique place to go to a match, but uh, it needs if, if that's going to be if that was to be the home of Ulster finals going forward, that would need sufficient upgrading yeah. and costs as well. Yeah, so, it's like I said, Karen. Everything you turn to in terms of infra, there was, I was reading about the, the the League of Ireland in the in the, the same situation there yesterday or the day before. It's an expensive business, and if you want people to go to matches. And in our case, like we would be, would be proud of the fact that most people that go to it's families and it's kids and it's a and, and um, it's a great cross section of all people, all sides of the community, and that's what you want. But you need to provide decent facilities for people. So the idea of people standing on windswept terraces and nowhere to get a cup that's all that, that has to be in the past so when we're talking about spending money going forward on grounds it, it, it will be on like we have enough capacity don't need any more capacity but it's, it's comfort and it's accessibility and all those kind of things and if it's not going to be encasement it's going to have to be somewhere else you know? yeah. sticking with the theme of commercialism Tom a lot of people uh, grumble about the amount of money that Dublin have available mm. to them every year and obviously they've won five in a row in football mm. now and um, people just see the chasm the financial chasm uh, widening yeah. all the time and we look at the spend by county boards in hurling and football last year I think it was of the order of 29 million which yeah. is probably the highest mm. ever so you know counties are spending a lot of money yeah. every year to try and keep up with the Joneses effectively mm. uh, but let's talk about Dublin maybe are you concerned about the commercial power of Dublin that other counties might simply be getting left behind and is there there have been calls mm. for the for the GA to equalise this in some way is it something you're looking at? No I think there is a responsibility on us with that with the resources that we earn centrally there's a big responsibility to make sure that they are spent and invested and distributed fairly and so on but it's a big step then Kieran, to go and say well, to a particular county we're going to take a portion of your fundraising income. And we're, we do it already in things like, say, the National Leagues and the Gates, where we operate a pool system around that. But in terms of their commercial income, I, I, first of all, I, I think it would have a detrimental effect on the income overall because Dublin people and Dublin businesses, no doubt, think they are and want to be contributing to Dublin GA, same as people from Kerry are doing sure. it in Kerry. The idea of people contributing fundraising, and I say this against ourselves, but contributing fundraising that's going to go into... Crow Park, that's not going to work. I, I don't really see us being able to sell uh, tickets or whatever it would take, fundraising stuff to, to contribute to central mm. coffers. That won't work. Um, I think also when, when you look at you know the, 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 the financial disparity that you talk about, like it mightn't be as evident as you think in terms of when you were, if, if you were to look at what people actually spend on preparing those teams that you mention, um, I should know it, uh, but I, 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 I don't. But you know, in, in, as often as not, Dublin are not at the top of that league no, table. You're right. <laughs> and and of course, enough. There, there might be reasons uh, for that, that yeah. they're not travelling hither and thither yeah, around yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah, the, that's the fair. county paying expenses yeah. or yeah. whatever. There the, might the, be I, 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 I think I know who the highest was, but I, I, won't, I don't think it was Dublin. I won't mention yeah. it to be fair. But them. what about, I mean, some people have suggested, okay, leave them with their commercial yeah. income. They yeah. earn what they earn, that's fine. But the yeah. GAA centrally yeah. shouldn't give them another bob 
in terms of grants or development or coaching or anyth- anything like that, it should go to the other counties because that's another way of equalising it. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I think I think we have a responsibility to make sure that Gaelic games and the like, there's huge areas of Dublin that aren't even really. I probably shouldn't say that either. Probably aren't aren't catered for adequately in terms of Gaelic games too. So, really, the job should be to try and increase the funding that's going everywhere, um, and to make sure that you know the the model that works in Dublin is applied in other counties. And when I say the model that works in Dublin, I'm not talking about winning uh, Sam Maguire. I'm talking about the number of uh, children boys and girls that you see wandering around Dublin now carrying hurls. That, 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 like, that's what that investment is for, Kieran. It's to get people playing and to get people introduced to the games that never had exposure to it before. And that's what the, 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 the coaching programme in, in Dublin is designed to do. So over the last few years, we've tried to take some of the things that worked and didn't work in the Dublin one and apply it in other. So there's a, there's a similar scheme now. It's in its infancy, but it's one year in in, in Belfast. So you mentioned you mentioned Belfast in the context of, of Casement Park. There's more to be done in Belfast than build Casement Park. Um, that uh, the Antrim and Belfast should be able to achieve far, far more Gaelic games-wise, and it does need an investment. So we've started to apply the same model into a little project called Galefast in Belfast to do the same. Um, we're augmenting the coaching in 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 East Leinster and people might well say well East Leinster you know, Mead and Wicklow and Kildare that's where the pop, that's where the numbers are and that's where what you're spending money on is trying to build capacity build capacity so to my mind um, you know whatever way you put it there don't give Dublin any money and, and let them look after themselves and put the money I think that'd be a retrograde step I mean there, there was a time I don't remember it but if you go back to before you know early 70s and before Kevin Heffern and all that kind of stuff. The Dublin wasn't in wasn't in a good shape, and I think that I could only you have to go back that, that, could that only far. Be, actually, well, look, <laughs> to find a time on Dublin. Yeah, 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 that's not positive. Like that's not a good thing for the GA. If yeah. if 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 if, if, if you never if won anything with Mick on the team. <laughs> I didn't even on the team. That's so bad. I was. I'm trying to be diplomatic here. Tom, just on on the on the costs associated with intercounty teams again. I'm sorry to to ham on about it a bit, but. You know, the, the 30 million, a lot of that money leaving the GA went a better way of saying it. Um, and any consideration around kind of like hiring strength and conditioning yeah, coaches that, that are contracted to the GA and salaried as opposed to these absolutely. enormous bills that leave for SNC, yeah. for medical, that maybe potentially Leinster might have 15 full time strength and conditioning coaches that are made available to both hurling and football because you've got counties who are both under both spending 100 grand a year in strength and conditioning and it's 200 grand gone. To outside the association where potentially you could have That is resources. definitely part of the answer and, and we've actually got a new, new director of coaching again Shane Flanning oh. and started with us there you probably know Shane yeah, yeah. in the la- last couple of weeks and I know that's definitely to the forefront of his thinking and what that, do, that that does a couple of things so again yeah the financial thing that, that, that helps with that uh, but it does another thing as well in terms of like we do have a responsibility to make sure that that particular science is being applied properly for players yes. and and, and players are getting looked after appropriately yeah. and sometimes what can happen is when, when the regime changes with the, the senior team in a county, whoever was looking after that last year is gone yeah. and a new person comes in and he or she might not Different be methods. familiar with yeah. the players or, yeah, and, and there, there's mm-hmm. there's ups and downs in terms of quality and in terms of in terms of the rigour that's applied so uh, yes it would answer the financial thing but it also there's other benefits too to that so yeah we, we will definitely be pursuing that Mick. And just the other piece on that is just 
like we've seen sport on the front pages um, in this country for you know the last couple of years for all sorts of reasons and um, the issue around governance and proper checks and balances mm-hmm. at the, the, the kind of unit level when a better way of saying it is this something that is a bit of a burning issue for you in terms of maybe the, the centrally giving a bit more help perhaps to some of the, the county boards who are expected to run multi-million they're very complex. Turnover, comp- yeah, turnover very units. Complex. Yeah, yeah. Many different demands, fixtures, games, inter-county, elite level. It is. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that's not in response to anything adverse or any like counties are run well, and GA clubs, GA clubs are run well, and uh, in any town or village or whatever around the country, it's the best people in the place are the people that are running the GA clubs. Um, so. Uh, all the things that you mentioned, they are pertinent and they are on the agenda, Mick. But I, I wouldn't want like it's not in not in response to any any, sure. any anything adverse. Uh, purely in the spirit of, like, I, I do think hurling football they're fantastic games and the standards that people reach on the field are remarkable. Yeah. So you have to try and do the same off the field as well, and just uh, all the time get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better at what you're doing. And uh, you're right, like the lot of somebody running a county at the moment is that is a pretty thankless job in terms of the scale of what's being asked of them and the complexity and actually we we, we contribute to that as well ourselves uh, GA wise in terms of what you lump on people in terms of health and safety and um, GDPR and uh, child protection and insurance and all of the things that you have to be on the top of your game with to make sure that you're running things to the best standard and we ourselves I know GAYs we, we lump requirements on people whether it be counties or clubs and we, of necessity you have to do those things but it makes the job harder and harder for people so I think I do really I agree with you our responsibility centrally is to make sure that we're alleviating that burden and taking uh, some of that workload off people but you've got to kind of find a mix that you're not taking ultimate responsibility from people either because it is a devolved model and if, if it got to the stage where everything was run in Drumcondra for the whole, yeah. like that's not the GA. Like that, that's not going to work. Nobody wants that. And can yeah. I ask just one, one more? Sorry, on the on the GPA um, today, um, their response with respect to, you know, deemed to be, they would have felt that the interpretation of that money being spent on the elite squads is a bit of a, a kick for them. How did you? What did you think about that response that they had out? Ah, uh, look. At first and foremost, I, I chat to the GPA about it rather, if, like, rather than the thing over and back. Yeah, well, I, I think. To be fair, I think there's probably an inference there that uh, isn't there. They're, they're, they're reaching a conclusion that, that wasn't intended. And it not even wasn't, it isn't there. Um, but look, at uh, we've good relations with the GPA and we're, we've a lot of work to do with them. Um, um, so we'll, 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 we'll manage that and make that be fine. Tom, gender and diversity are big issues now for mm. businesses and organisations right across the country and in, in government as mm. well. Um a lot of people wonder why the, the ladies' football is outside the structures of the GA. They have their own separate association. Yeah. Why, yeah. why is that? Kieran, I, I, don't, I don't really know the origins or the history of, of why it developed separately. Um, but I do know that we're trying to make good strides to combine mm. all three organisations in the last couple of years. And we're making good progress on that. But where it'll end up, I'm not entirely sure. I mean... Yeah, you're right. When you look at it from the outside, there's no real logic to, to having three different organisations. And certainly at, at club level, um, for the most part, I, I think 
upwards of 40% of clubs where the parish fits and where the map works are, 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 are run as a single. Unit, yeah. No, they'd be run as a single. Um, my own club. Yeah, sure. My, my Sorry, within the one club. Yeah, we, sure. I said we had a regime last week and everybody was there uh, irrespective of whether they're camogie players or hurlers and uh, we've one bank account and we've one chairperson and if you said to people that there's GA and Camogie are different organisations they'd look at you because they don't care uh, and it makes no sense to them uh, there's all manner of ways we could do things better if we combined all of our efforts and all of our resources mm. and we're working hard on that but it's amazing the funny little things that actually trip you up and that, that prove to be obstacles um, uh, really silly stuff like you know membership years and insurances and all that sure um, now if you take the recent controversies at the FEI I think it put mm. a focus on gender diversity within the FAI and people looked at, you know, the structures within the FAI and the, the management structures, the senior councils, all that kind of stuff, very heavily male dominated. That's been redressed slightly. They have a couple of women now, um, independent directors on the board. Uh, I was looking at the GAA and your management committee is 16 men, no women. Um, and in this day and age, it just seems a bit of an anachronism. Well, we actually, we actually do have two women. You do. do? Yeah, we do. Okay, yeah. well then your website's out of date because I've just I've got a list here of 16 men. <laughs> maybe Jerry's and it's from 2018 to 2021. It's in the context of, of some of those things you mentioned about yeah. alignment and, 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 and coming together with, with Camogie and Ladies Football. So we now actually have the Director General of Camogie and the Director General of Ladies Football are, are if you like, independently appointed directors on our board. Um, and that, so that's are they been, on the management committee? They are, now yeah, or, yeah, yeah, they are. And, and, and correspondingly then... Uh, uh, a, a colleague um, from each organisation is also on, on Central Council of the GA and, and that's reciprocated so okay. we would have So how many members on Central Council? Oh God, I'm going to get this wrong now but it's, it's about four, 40 to 50 Okay and how many women? Uh, I get this wrong too but it's certainly less than five Less than five, yeah. yeah. I'm not just beating up on the GA because no, this no, is an I, issue that rugby it's has It's a real issue, yeah uh, It's an issue that soccer has it's an issue that a lot mm. of uh, sports governing bodies have mm. But I suppose the question is, uh, a lot of people would like answered is, when is it going to change? I think where, where it will change and, and uh, is it will emanate from, from clubs and it will emanate from the ground up. Um, I think one of the little distinctions, uh, and I don't, mean, I don't mention this by way of an excuse or justification or anything like that, but when the sports are, the three core Gaelic game sports are separate, a lot of, a lot of the people that um, uh, are administrators uh, in the sports are former players in the sports and we don't have that resource to call upon because the former players of Camogie and Ladies Football are, 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 are in Camogie and Ladies Football. Um, I, think it, I think it will change but it'll, it'll need intervention of some kind and you'll need to, if you look at the statistic for say county chairs, we have had a number of female county chairs over the course of the last few years but if you go down to the next level of it uh, and uh, there are some, and I can't remember them but there are some very, very encouraging and positive statistics about club executives um, and the number of women that are serving in key roles at clubs. It's, I won't even quiz out because I'll get it right. In my own case, we elected our first ever club, female club chairperson last week. Uh, so things are changing in that, in that direction, Kieran. It's going to take a little bit of time and it'll probably take intervention and guidance from ourselves. But I'm, I'm conscious of the point that you raise, yeah. Can I just ask one question on the, on the football, um, Tom? Um, I think by general consensus, it was a pretty good year for football last year. Um, 18 million, so it's almost double the revenue of hurling when it comes to, to gate receipts. Yeah. Um, Super 8's, just two-part question here, is yeah. Super 8's success, happy with it, needs tweaking? And the second part is, 
Are you in danger of killing the Golden Goose with a Tier 2, Tier 3 model? Golden Goose in what sense? In terms of if 18 million and it's been a superbly successful model, um, are you, is there a fear that perhaps you might lose revenue by going to, to, to a uh, tiered championship I'd or potentially goes either way? We won't lose a whole lot of revenue. But again, it comes back to the chat we were having about uh, uh, commercial imperatives and why you would do things. Uh, actually, if, if we end up losing revenue out of it, that doesn't mean that the venture is a failure. So it's, uh, we're not going to make it. It's definitely not going to make any more money. It won't. Uh, and this is the thing we have to be a little careful about when you're talking about uh, that competition. Like, we, we'll, we'll promote that as best we can. We'll make a really good job out of that competition. But like the qualifiers at the moment, there will be pairings and things that aren't particularly you know, uh, attractive in sure. terms. You're not going to get 20,000 people at some of the first round matches and things like that, for example. Um, so it's not taken from a point of view, Mick, of, of looking at the... Sure. Uh, but I don't think it will detract hugely from the, 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 the Sam Maguire takings to be honest happy with the super eights last year well you, you you use the word tweaking and that's what we have been doing so if you remember the first the first iteration of it we had a different sequence of games um and the risk there was by the time you got to the final match Kieran, the last games would be meaningless now as it turned out it didn't happen like that but it was kind of happy accident rather than any great foresight uh, so we changed the sequence of the games and we we, we last year so the the home game, first home game, for example, was the provincial winners and give a bit of momentum into the thing and so on. Um, there was a little bit of noise around, uh, coming back to your team, about Dublin and... and d- playing in Croke Park, playing yeah, the neutral yeah, game in Croke yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to take them out? Uh, what we're going to do, we meet in, in two or three weeks' time for the annual congress and, and one of the proposals on that is that we would take out the, 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 the specific designation of Croke Park as yeah. a venue. And, and what you do then is you just look at the second round of those games the same as you'd look at any set of fixtures and the people the CCC is the group that sets the fixtures and they look at the game on its merits and decide where it should be played so it may well be in Crow Park but it doesn't automatically have to be in Crow Park mm. so tweaking is the word you use and that's what we're trying to do um, it felt it felt first year it felt different though, I have to admit it did feel different from the cut and thrust of, yeah. of a quarter final yeah. but the bit that's really brilliant is the matches in, in Salt Hill yeah. or the matches in I was going to ask you that like the, 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 look we have a very imbalanced and look we've just seen a general election mm-hmm. and people talking about the rural urban divide but you know do you think the GA has a responsibility perhaps but also you know um, the economic impact of a game in Thurless game in Port Leash etc taking big matches, 30,000, 40,000 people to a, a regional venue. Is that something that you're conscious of as well? It is. Actually, you, you, you asked me a question, I can't remember in what context about research or, or, or engaging people to... to, to, to met. We're, we're undertaking that little piece of work at the moment, just to, just to, to put a quantum on precisely what you talk about. Um, we can do that for you, Tom, if you want to keep the show. <laughs> um, when you talk about responsibility towards... We have to be a bit careful because <coughs> what we do is we run football and hurling and your responsibility is to run football and hurling as best you can and provide vibrancy in all those communities that you talk about through football and hurling. There's all manner of other challenges and issues in society and we have a, we have a, a role to play in those but not front and centre. Uh, so, you know, you would hear arguments from time to time about creating employment in, 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 in the west of the country or you'd hear things about, you know, social difficulties and things. Yeah, if you want to be a key part in any community anywhere, you have to be a force for all the things that are right in that community. And we have that responsibility, but we're not, it's not our responsibility alone, really, Mick. And we just, our resources are 
thinly spread at the best of times. So I think if we can do a good job of keeping hurling and football uh, thriving, club level and county level in all of those, that that will in all of those areas that will make sufficient contribution. Finally, Tom, can we talk about the pay for play? Uh, yeah. issue it's been knocking around now for a long time and uh, I suppose it's been floated by uh, Paul Flynn the head of mm. the uh, GPA and it could be argued we talked about the 29 million that the county boards have spent on preparations mm. last year it could be argued that the strength and conditioning coaches the physios the doctors um, the chef who prepares the meals yep. the nutritionists um, the guy who drives the bus maybe taking Tipperary to Crook Park they're all getting paid and yet the guys who spend their lives preparing for these matches and who go out and provide the entertainment that everybody pays uh, to watch and everybody loves to see, they don't get a bob or, you know, they get a few bob okay, through government yeah. grants, but they don't really. Um, it's it's nothing worth uh, talking about. Um, why shouldn't they be paid for, for playing the sport at GA? Well, for doing for, what to do yeah, at, at yeah, the highest yeah. inter-county level. I suppose, first off, look, I, I, not, I have no wish to put, put words in, in Paul Flynn's mouth, um, but I'm not sure you're representing entirely what his views on the, on the topic might be in fairness to him, and we, we, we've, we've talked about this. Um, I don't think that's something that, that the, the, the GPA are espousing. Um, um, it poses a couple of, a couple of dilemmas. Uh, first of all, and I mentioned it in another context there about central control, if you do that you fundamentally lose what the GA is supposed to be about. And, and if we try and we try and consider ourselves as, as not just a sport, but as a kind of a social movement or as something other than that, if, if, if you revert to a paid model, you do, and I don't mean it in a bad way about any other sport, I'm interested in loads of sports, but that's what you become. You're just, you're just a sport like any other. Um, it poses problems, practical problems, quite apart from the ideological and, 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 and the ethos of it. There's not enough money in it. Uh, we started off talking about our results insurance grant to be able to have 70 million or whatever, but and you'll know this better than me, but I mean, that doesn't position us very high in the top 1,000 enterprises in, in Ireland. That's small. Uh, that doesn't provide a living wage to 2,000 inter-county footballers and hurlers and far, far from it. Um, so there's that practical aspect of it. Then there's the aspect of the fact that like we all cheer on and if you're lucky enough to be good enough to do it, play for where you're from. And the minute that that becomes a job and the minute that you're paying people to do that, that disappears. So if you're asking me about imbalances between counties, if you go down that route, you know, very, very quickly you have the counties who can afford to pay people more will attract the players who are the better players. And you'll very quickly find that you'd end up with a a championship or a, a, an inter-county scene with a very, very small number of competitive, possibly even a very, very small number of counties at all who would be comprised of players who are not from that county. I, I have no interest in going to see a more successful Carlo that is comprised of hurlers from Kilkenny. That's... Again, it's, it's, it's not what the GA is about. That's my fundamental reason. Well, for, for it's within the gift of the GA to, to put some controls on that, isn't it? So that not every time Dick and Harry can go and play for Garlow or play for... Not really, no. Not, 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 not really. Not I mean, we, we, play for other uh, counties. No, I mean, if you look at corresponding Bosman things and so on, soccer-wise, no, we, we wouldn't be able to... If it's somebody's living... It's somebody's living, and we won't be able to interfere. If, if somebody so has an offer, somebody has an offer to play for Kerry or something yeah. like that. So you're saying if somebody, and mm. I'm not necessarily talking about a full time sort of pay yeah. for play. It might be a part time model, you're into, you're which has operated in yeah. many other sports. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would see, Kieran, I would see it a couple of reasons. Firstly, on the ideological level of things, I just I, I don't think it's what the. <coughs> it, it, 
maybe there, maybe there's a model there, but it's not the GAA when you're finished with it. It's not. Um, so ethos-wise, it doesn't fit, and practicality-wise, it, it doesn't fit in terms of the scale of what's available to us and the product at the end of it in terms of what you'd have in terms of the imbalance between counties. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't. Really, finally, Tom. <laughs> uh, it's a new season, a new year, new yeah. season. Yeah. So, who are your tips for All Ireland hurling and football champions? Uh, Galway look good, don't they? So far, this, I like the Galway playing good football yeah, uh, right. so far in the league now. So go away for the football. <coughs> for the football. Uh, Don't I, tell Desi Farrell. Okay. <laughs> I think like, in the last few years they've been uh, quite conservative in their approach to things and they've built a solid base now and they, they, uh, and they seem now to be playing a more expansive kind of football. They're really, really I good. Like, really, like seeing yeah. how Galway are playing. Mm. Um, I couldn't go home now uh, and, and tell Maria that I tipped anyone other than Limerick for the hurling. So we'll... <laughs> It's going uh, west or, or midwest. Um, Tom, it's been great to have you on. Um, thank you for that. We wish you continued success uh, with the GA. Hopefully, we have some great games this season. I'm hoping that it'll be Dublin wins the football. I'm, I'm uh, agnostic about the hurling. Uh, I actually, look to Dublin through the hurling. That'd be great. That'd be great. But all manner of uh, scorn would probably pour down upon the GA if that were to. If that were to happen in terms of funding and all sorts of other issues. Um, but anyway, Tom, it's been great to have you on. Um, thanks for your time. Thanks, Gary, very much. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to co-host Michael O'Keefe of Teneo and to Tom Ryan of the GEA for joining us in studio. Research was by Dan O'Neill of Teneo. Suzanne Brennan and Declan Conlon produced the show with JJ Vernon as sound engineer. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.